The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you could learn more about spirituality and how it can work in your favor, would you be intrigued? Of course you would. It's time to get real. This is Get Real Radio with your host, James Robinson. In our show, we'll interview fascinating guests with the intent of bringing you closer to who you really want to be. Get ready for some of the most profound radio on any airwaves today. Now, here is James Robinson. Welcome, everyone, to Get Real Radio. I'm your host, James Robinson. And today, we're, our guest is Christine Lynch's Hinkle, who is a little bit different than some of most of the guests I've had before, where we've been concentrating on healing and psychic ability and all and wellness and other things. But you know, I don't know anything that impacts us more than what do we do with our waste and recyclables and composting. And I thought it would be a really good show to have Christine because Christine is the founder and owner of a company on the West Coast called Waste Less Living. And this company is dedicated to improving the health and quality of our environment through educating people and teaching people's sustainable lifestyle habits, including the practice of reducing Waste. Now, Christine has over 12 years of experience and knowledge in the environmental arena and has worked professionally as an environmental planner, analyst, and scientist for over seven years, providing regulatory compliance support to private and public sector clients. And she has designed and implemented zero-waste education programs for schools and small businesses with particular emphasis on food waste recycling and recycling initiatives. She has conducted waste audits and assessments and waste characterization studies. And her experience also includes environmental education and outreach, personal and staff training, and grant writing. So welcome, Christine. Well, thank you, James. I, I really, really appreciate that introduction and uh, just the invitation to be on your show um, and and have, have a lot to, to share um, with your audience. So um, it is it is such an honor and a blessing um, to be talking with you and your and your audience. Thank you. You're you're very kind. You know, one of the things that we're all are faced with is is what do we do with our waste and what do we do with all the plastic and styrofoam and everything that doesn't biodegrade and, and there's some statistics that is you know very frightening not only are there over 40 billion plastic utensils thrown away every year in the United States you know we throw away so many plastic water bottles that I you know I think it'll you can line them up and it would go to the moon and back. And, you know, the the very first thing that 
I want to find out is how do you how did you get into the waste management and recycling business? Oh wow! Well, it's been um, quite a journey, um, a personal, spiritual one, professional one, um, and it really all came to a. I had about six years ago um, when I had my aha moment working in my profession, which which you shared with your audience um, in the environmental uh, planning arena. Um, but I think the culmination of just uh, my my life experiences and exposure um, to different uh, uh, world environments and cultural cultures um, really opened my eyes um, to uh, the 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 differences in living in America and our consumptive, uh, over-consumptive habits compared with other cultures overseas, um, living very frugally and more mindfully of the resources that they use and consume. So I was always very, very conflicted at, a, at an early age to see so much waste in our, our American society. And uh, so, you know, the attention paid, you know, where, where my family is from, where we're Hungarian, and um, spent quite a bit of time um, overseas uh, and, and learning, you know, that culture and observing. And it always really tugged, you know, at my heart to see um, how, how much we take for granted, you know, here, um, what our earth has been providing us and us not really um, honoring um, what we're harvesting and using and then kind of mindlessly throwing away. And so um, my path of just uh, uh, trying to make sense of it all, um, living in such abundance, um, but knowing what kind of damage is being done um, by throwing uh, the volumes um, that we do in the trash and yet learning over the course of my you know, studies, graduate studies, and then working you know, professionally as an adult in the field of environmental you know, planning, um, increasingly started uh, really weighing on my conscience of, you know, I'm participating in, in this and learning so much more of the damage that's being done um, and not wanting to be a part of it anymore um, and feeling like I'm just compelled to do something. Um, I, I guess I've been blessed with the knowledge uh, base of uh, seeing and learning how, where we throw our, 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 trash, where it goes, and, and how it's impacting the environment, and um, there, I just knew that I had a higher calling to, to, to make a change, to be a part of the change, and to do something bigger than what my job was calling me to do, and um, it all started really, um, I think, when, when uh, I, I was working at my professional job, and, and we did a lot of uh, environmental uh, analysis and, and reports on large-scale projects, and we always had to analyze waste and water and uh, air impacts of a project. And one project that came through my my hands was a uh, a landfill, the expansion of a landfill project, and I had to evaluate the impacts. And as I was doing that, I really got uh, familiar with the, the technical side of how these landfills were built and what they really were, that they are facilities, they are storage grounds for materials that we really don't have a better place or, or what to do with. And understanding that there is so much of the good stuff um, that's being wasted 
um, which is basically food waste and all of our plant-based products that we um, don't necessarily see a value for, but all of it just being tossed into these big mega holes in the ground to be contained and stored, you know, indefinitely. And what really happens in these landfills, learning that there are a slew of environmental impacts that are just unseen and unknown by the public, and yet it's the only, you know, facility or, or resource we have to kind of dispose of them. And, you know, kind of moving beyond that and, and seeing the much bigger picture um, that we could be doing a heck of a lot more good with the, the, the food waste, the plant waste that we're that we're just discarding mindlessly and actually helping to improve our air quality and our water quality and the quality of our food supply that ultimately does affect our health. So I created this kind of paradigm in my mind that there is a total full cycle here. Um, and if we're not paying attention to, you know, our, our consumptive habits, what we're consuming, what we're throwing away, and how we're disposing of it, that it really is going to impact our, um, our health and our children's health directly. We're already seeing it, you know, in, in the rates of uh, disease and cancer and, and uh, uh, birth defects. And it's all because, you know, the quality of our environment, our air resources, our water resources, our, the quality of our food. And the link is really, you know, the landfills, our storage facilities, they weren't meant to convert anything into anything. <laughs> um, and all this food waste has such high value from a food production standpoint because composting really, I think, is a game changer here. Turning that food waste that uh, into something more productive and um, useful um, into soil, turning it back into, you know, its original form to grow more of the food that we rely on for our health. And increasingly, you know, the industry is um, relying on artificial means of growing our food supply. So there's just this huge issue, big problem of not just uh, uh, wasting our food to landfills um, and, and our dependency on landfills, but we're losing a valuable opportunity uh, to do something better. And wasteless living, um, you know, I took a leap of faith, you know, when my kids were, were young and, you know, I was an eco-conscious uh, mom and professional and wanting to demonstrate and be a role model for my kids of how you can plan your parties <laughs> and entertain without having an impact um, on the environment. And knowing that from parties, um, every time we entertain, there's just a significant amount of material that comes out of those activities. And knowing that it can be done um, if we just put in the time and attention uh, to plan with zero waste and sustainability in mind. And um, after, uh, you know, there's this introduction of compostable tableware, you know, that came out on the market and realizing that, oh, well, this will help. <laughs> And yeah. uh, it'll just, uh, I'll, I'll buy this and, and take stock in it and um, offer these instead of plastic disposables and um, then I'm good to go. You know, I've done the eco-conscious environmental thing for my kids and for the environment and uh, all is well. And unfortunately, that was really not the case. Um, and of course, I'm putting my environmental planner hat on and thinking there's got to be something more to this product because it's supposed to be compostable made from plants, not plastic. 
And where does, where does it go? Well, our only option, you know, in Southern California, or at least where I was living, was the trash or the recycle bin. And neither of those uh, options um, really would have closed the loop and would have made any difference because we didn't have the third option of uh, composting in it. Um, they weren't meant for backyard composting. They were only meant for commercial composting. Uh, facilities didn't exist to get that material to the right facility. And so, again, this great green product was, uh, was uh, a good product gone bad and being tossed in landfills and recycling centers where it will never get turned back into the soil or compost it was intended to. So it was really disconcerting. And I, again, my, my conscience was tugging. I, you know, learned so much and started seeing all these, uh, uh, you know, holes in the, in the system and, uh, took a leap of faith to, uh, get out on my own and get the message out knowing full well that, there's other mothers out there who are just as concerned as I am um, about the fate of our future and wanting to have a clean environment for our kids and yet not having this information and not knowing, um, you know, the background of this product or just solid waste in general and what that industry, you know, really is doing to our world. But it really is, you know, the onus is on us. We, you know, I wanted to teach my kids to be responsible and mindful and, um, to avoid impacts really starts with us. So, you know, the motto, you know, for wasteless living is kind of rethinking everything, um, reducing our consumptive consumption, and then regrowing what we can and closing the loop on the resources that we use. So it's a pretty, you know, simple, simple model, but it gets more technical when you start talking about the impacts on the environment. So, um, it, it, uh, it, it's, it's been a journey, of course. You know, anytime you go, you, you're, get, you're going down one path of a, of a career path and your passion and then having to break out of a, a standard, um, you know, system or mold and do something, you know, counter to, um, you know, the norm is scary. But I, I really felt called to do this um, and passionate about it driven to do the right thing um, and model this for my kids that no matter where this takes me, where this business takes me, I, I know that uh, what information I am sharing with people um, does resonate in, in, on some level. So um, this is a great opportunity uh, to, to be able to share this. And um, yeah, in a nutshell, this is, this is kind of where I've ended yeah. up. <laughs> well, uh, let me ask you, what kind of services does Weissless Living offer? Yeah, well, um, you know, we started out, obviously, we wanted to make it super simple for people to um, get what we get. Um, and we figured the best way to provide a Weissless kind of service is, is, is to um, help people plan their parties. So we have an eco-party planning um, service um, where we uh, basically talk you through some of the uh, things that um, when you're when you're planning the event, what will generate a significant amount of waste, and then kind of working backwards and introducing alternatives, zero waste alternatives, and that's where the compostable tableware comes into play. So um, it's the very last resort, but um, we do go through a menu of you know here are some uh, food and beverage choices and options that require uh, 
very little utensils and plates um, to cut out that material in the first place on the front end. Um, but if if uh, disposables are the way to, to go, you know, we can supply that product. Um, we'll set up uh, collection uh, bins with the proper signage, you know, kind of communicate to your your guests that this is a, a zero-waste event and all that's being collected, the food waste and the compostable tableware waste is going to actually be turned back into compost and not landfilled or recycled. And we then return to recover it all, remove it, help with the cleanup, and uh, we weigh it and monitor it and we take it to a commercial composting facility. So from, from point of party all the way to the facility, um, we're helping to close the loop uh, full circle um, with as minimal impact as possible. And um, that really was a, a, an easy, great way to kind of get our foot in the door because the product is, uh, is something that people are familiar with. There's, people use it all the time. They're, they're using disposables, but now here's an eco option, um, and we help um, take it to that you know, nth degree and really make it sustainable and, and closing the loop on it. So it's a, it, you can be assured with us that we're going to do the whole, the whole service model. And, That's uh, Wonderful. Um, We're going to have to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. But uh, there's so much, so many questions I want to ask you about uh, environmentalism, and but we need to take a quick break. So this is Get Real Radio. I'm your host, James Robinson. Our guest today is environmentalist Christine Lynch's Hinkle. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Ooh, John. Are you happy with just accepting and passing along what the media, politicians, and government are feeding you? Or are you positively sick of it? It's time to get the real facts and form your own decisions. It's time to awaken the sleeper within you. Each week, host Dr. Nick Castellano will uncover various viewpoints and topics designed to inform and present the truth. Today's masses are manipulated by media coverage, and we will not become sheeple. Tune in to Awaken the Sleeper, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you learned how to play the money game? There are all kinds of rules when it comes to money. Should I spend it now or save it for the ultimate rainy day? If I make a tiny mistake now, will it really affect everything in the long term? For the answers, tune in to Cultivate Your Financial Health with Wayne Firebaugh. You'll come away from each show with a better understanding of the rules of money and how it sets up your future. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time with a replay Saturdays at 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. We'd love to hear from you. Please call in to 1 866 472 5788. That's toll free 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email 
to mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. That's mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. This is Get Real Radio, and I'm your host, James Robinson. And today we have as our guest environmentalist Christine Lynch's Hinkle, who has a company uh, in California called Waste Less Living, which focuses on how to reduce our waste and to be more conscious and to be more spiritual about our use of and consumption of many things. And Christine, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is how does your spiritual practice uh, integrate with your the business practice of, of environmental protection? Yeah. Well, it it uh, it has a very very uh, strong influence, uh, driving force behind my decision making to, to to pursue this venture. Um, you know, I do have a very deep sense of uh, you know responsibility um, and commitment um, and uh, devotion. You know, to um, uh, people. You know, I care. I care very very deeply. You know about. Uh, uh, the goings on in the world and, and the, those that are, you know, at a disadvantage. And there's so much, um, um, cruelty and, and, uh, hardship and struggle, um, that people go through, um, everywhere around the world. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's hard to accept. And I've really struggled with that, um, uh, you know, from a very, very early age, um, you know, having traveled and gone to some third world countries, um, you know, in my, my early 20s and um, not having, you know, settled for <laughs> the, the normal, um, you know, path, career path, and really taking time to, to live and explore what the world is about and, and seeing so much hardship. And um, I, I've always been in search of, you know, what my, uh, what my calling has been. I knew that there was something I was meant to do. And I, I felt strong enough in my own skin to, to be able to break away from, you know, the norm. Um, always was challenging, you know, the establishment and kind of uh, felt compelled um, that whatever I, information I was given, that it just, I was compelled to act on it. It wasn't enough for me to say, oh, whoa, this is too bad and, oh, that's just the way the world is and kind of move on with life. Um, I easily could have just accepted that, but it um, it was unsettling, um, knowing and having witnessed what I had witnessed and living through what I had lived through growing up. Um, you know, everybody has their hardships, and um, the path that I chose, um, just more information just kept layering, layering, layering on, and as I broke out of uh, the mold, the traditional career path, it really has put me on a path of um, looking more introspectively at myself and who I am and what my true core values are and am I going to live those out um, despite um, the struggles and the hardships. And this business is not easy. I mean, I'm, I'm in a business trying to disrupt a, a, a broken and unsustainable system that meets the needs of the masses um, because it's cheap and easy and convenient, and that's what our whole society is predicated on. Yet, 
it is so unsettling um, personally and professionally to see how destructive um, the system is that we're paying to pollute. And I get so unnerved by it, and yet I have to look at what am I angry about? <laughs> and uh-huh. going at, you know, coming at it from a personal, you know, perspective, will I, will I truly be happy if I take no action? You know, or how can I be most effective um, at uh, conveying all this information and not and, and doing it joyfully and doing doing it with compassion and love and all of that without um, laying blame and and having the anger behind it. You know, that's been a real struggle because um, you know, as in any businesses in any entrepreneurial venture, you know, you're up against you needing to provide for your family, but then or needing to um, or being compelled to provide for greater good and their sacrifices. And I'm constantly in this uh, spiritual battle and, and professional real world battle of, okay, where, where is this going? And I know that I'm, uh, every every uh, roadblock that I come up against, every you know many failures. If you have have it, I have to constantly um, source you know my my strength through God and through all the meditation that I do and the um, life coaching that I do um, with others to help me um, get perspective on it. Like you know, it may not be. It may not be profitable yet, yet, or it may not be where it needs to be financially, or you know, we may be taking a couple steps back. But it is for a higher purpose, and I am um, learning. And as I learn, I'm hoping my kids are learning. So I'm, I'm really taking the opportunity uh, with this venture to grow personally and uh, uh, try to disconnect the real world challenges um, and. Uh, uh, you know, go down the path of, of, you know, sourcing my insights and, and strength um, through my spiritual practices. And um, it's it's not for everyone, but <laughs> uh, it's, yeah. That, well, I, I know that, um, you know, I hear all the time uh, about people looking for life purpose and they, they don't know what to do with their life or they're unhappy with what they're doing. You know, one of the things that occurs to me listening to you talk is that, you know, recycling and and reducing the amount that goes into landfills and and increasing the um, fertile soil of the planet is is certainly a uh, worthwhile endeavor. So, if if somebody listening to this show is connects with your mission and wants to help the planet and wants to see what they can do to help, uh, what, what can someone do you know, for, on their part and help you and help themselves be a partner for change? Yeah. Um, you know, there's some really just simple things to start. And if, if, uh, people aren't, aren't into gardening or composting or even know what that is, um, go find out, go find out about what composting is. <laughs> how, yeah. how is compost produced? You know, how is it made? And it opens up a really fascinating subject matter. Um, because what I found, um, is that you know, when you handle the soil, that's a life source. 
um, that is where you get grounded (laughs) and on a lot of different levels. And so learn, just learning about the benefits and the value of compost for what it is. And then if you're so inclined, you know, to actually start on a very small scale to take your fruit and vegetable scraps from your kitchen and, you know, throw it in a little pile in the back of your yard, you know, in the corner and seeing what happens. You know, seeing life go at it, you know, um, and making this wonderful transformation into this this material source that really sustains us and, and understanding the connection that it, and you can do this in your backyard. You don't have to go to a farm or, you know, to a community garden. You can start right there in your backyard just being observant of how your plants grow and it really does come down to soil. And what goes into the soil? Well, it's all the stuff coming out of your kitchen. <laughs> yeah. And it's just a great learning opportunity for, for any parent um, to teach their kids where their food comes from. Um, and even if it's planting one cherry tomato plant, you know, in a pot, <laughs> you can right. actually start feeding that plant and watching it grow. And you start, there's a shift that happens, you know, on the spiritual side of things. You get really excited to see that first, you know, cherry tomato pop out and then be able to eat it and knowing that you did it and there's no pesticides and there's no, you know, herbicides used. It's totally organic and you can create your own farm to table, you know, uh, system in your own home. And there's a number of different um, composting systems for the home that are super easy um, one of the things I really like to turn people on is, is to vermicomposting, which is using worms. They're worm factories and very little labor and effort on uh, the part of the homeowner or <laughs> parent because you're, the worms are doing all the work and you get to, to actually see it and visualize it. And there's, you know, if you're tending to it with love and, and um, attention, um, those those worms are going to break that stuff down into your own um, you know soil amendment that you then feed back into your you know your vegetable plants and you you start begin to understand better the whole closed loop nature of um, where our resources come from where they go how we use them and how we can be better at being stewards of of the environment. And I think that's all that all parents want for their kids is to be responsible, mindful. So start to grow a plant, you know, get a vermicompost bin. They're super cool to look at. They're not intrusive. Um, you know, the kids totally get into it. Um, then they begin to manage it and, and kind of be the, the overseers and, and, uh, um, you start to reduce all the nuisance uh, materials that are in your waste stream that really are the ones that um, create the odors and, the, and attract the, the gnats and whatnot. And now you have a place to put it, and you've just uh, uh, created your own closed-loop system. So composting is a miracle, you know, tool. Well, let and, me ask you a question. I, yeah, I live in an apartment, and yeah. uh, I juice. So I have lots of vegetable matter coming out of my kitchen every day. Uh-huh. Uh, what's what's the easiest or best thing I can do to conserve that? Because there's no place yeah. for me to, unless I go in the woods and yeah. 
put no, it around the base of a trip or some tree. Yeah, we, it's we like, get a lot. Yeah, those the, that question comes up a lot. Like people in the apartment buildings, condo complexes, think that they can't compost or vermicompost or even grow their own vegetables, and in fact, they can. I I went and visited a friend um, similarly in a condo, and she took me upstairs to the rooftop and showed me. Um, it was completely void of anything, but had all the sun exposure and the opportunity to put a vermicompost in there, um, the opportunity to put potted plants um, and actually begin growing. There are other products like um, the Tower Garden. These are vertical hydro-aeroponic growing systems that are self-contained um, that require no soil, um, that you can grow your peppers and plants. So living in an apartment complex, um, you must have like a, a, a balcony or a seating area. The vermicompost bin likes the shade. Um, it could be placed outside. Um, you can begin to feed your, your scraps to the vermicompost bin. And if you get clearance from the landlord to place one of those growing systems up top on the rooftops, um, whether it's potted plants that you can use the fertilizer on from the vermicompost or growing, you know, hydroaeroponically your own fruits and vegetables. So there's so many products out there that could make, you know, more of an urban living. You can bring those practices um, in very easily and adopt them. And then there's, there's also... I... Yeah, I'm sorry. I cut you off. I'm, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I, I was wondering where I could get a Verna composter. Um, we can we can certainly turn you on to that. Um, you know, give us a call um, and we can place an order for you. Um, we work with a couple of different vendors. Um, they come in different sizes and different types. Um, so we can we can place that order for you. We can we can share with you you know who the vendor is. Um, but we'd love to be able to connect and talk to you about this and make and help you make the right choice and make make the right make the right choice for which product works best for you. So just give us a call. <laughs> okay. And for the people, what's that number? Uh, that number is 626, area code 786-5947. Okay. 720-786-5947. So if you want to start composting and growing your own vegetables, is and that may sound daunting, but it's really not. It's pretty it's, easy. Yes. Yes, and it's fun, and it's fun. <laughs> uh, it, it's a great way um, for families to come together and, uh, you know, start being stewards in your own home and, um, you know, taking more of an active, proactive approach to your, to your living. Um, another, another very easy way um, to help um, uh, reduce uh, the amount of solid waste that we generate is making a conscious choice around... Um, uh, the packaging. So when we go shopping, um, rather than um, opting for plastic packaging um, that a lot of our uh, food and beverages is packaged in, um, to go after the the paperboard, the, the the paper packaging, cardboard cartons. So one of my biggest uh, recommendations when we sign people up for residential services is um, forego the plastic jugs of the uh, milk and plastic jugs of, of juice um, or orange juice, lemonades, what have you, and opt for the cardboard, um, the cartons of milk, the cartons of juice. Because believe it or not, those cartons actually can be recovered and collected and turned back into compost. So 
um, a number of different ways. If, if you're going, it's just being more mindful. For instance, what I do, um, I go straight to the meat counter, the deli counter, and I ask, you know, the the, the meat guy to, to package, you know, my cold cuts and my um, ground beef in um, butcher paper. Paper. I can put that into my compost bin and compost it. And I say, please, you know, no plastic bag. Um, the, all of the plastic that's out there is a non-renewable resource. Um, and to recycle any of that, if it's not cleaned, um, is a, a huge, has a huge impact on the environment. Um, mm-hmm. from an energy consumption standpoint, from a carbon footprint standpoint. And recycling is really not as sustainable as people might think. It's not as closed loop. And in fact, um, if one thinks about the water bottle and the linear recycling nature of it, um, it may get turned into something else like a fleece jacket or a fleece blanket. But over time, as much energy that you have already um, used and consumed, over time that secondary downgraded product will ultimately likely either get second-handed down and then ultimately end up in the landfill where it will never get turned back into anything else but in fact continue to pollute the environment and produce the methane that's typically associated with landfills and the toxic wastewater. So even though that is where everybody's at in terms of, okay, I'm recycling, what you're really, what we're really doing is um, consuming more energy to transport materials to recycling centers to then get bailed and then shipped off overseas to get transformed into other plastic products that then get shipped back to the states, redistributed, you know, into downgraded plastic toys or other. It could be a more higher end um, products, um, but the. The general idea is that there's so much energy being consumed to get the large volumes of plastic trans uh, trans uh, formed into something else that we're trying to figure out how to sell back to the marketplace. Yet ultimately, okay. in the landfill. Sorry so, to interrupt you, but we're going to have to take a quick break, and definitely want to follow up with the decisions and choices about products that we can do to help the environment. So this is Get Real Radio. I'm your host, James Robinson, and our guest is Christine Lynch-Sinkle, who is an eco-entrepreneur. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Ready to chat about your favorite soap operas? The daytime discussion is here with Dan J. Kroll and Soap Central Live. For the past 15 years, Dan has been dishing and discussing on SoapCentral.com. And now he's taking the talk to the airwaves of the Voice America Variety Channel. You'll go behind the scenes with the biggest stars of daytime, along with guest commentary from the Soap Central columnists. And we'll take your questions and comments during our live show. Soap Central Live, every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. 
However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. We'd love to hear from you. Please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. That's mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. This is Get Real Radio. I'm your host, James Robinson, and today we have our guest, Christine Lynch's Hinkle, who is a spiritual, conscious environmentalist, and she has a company called Wasteless Living, and one of the services that she offers is educational programs. So, Christine, could you uh, explain what uh, you can, how you can help people be more conscious about their waste stream. Yeah, well, um, you know, the evolution of our business um, from the eco-parties and trying to educate, um, you know, parents on how to plan for zero waste in mind actually led us uh, into the school system where parents wanted us to come in and teach the kids about the subject of solid waste and composting and what's the difference. And it evolved into a full-scale curriculum um, that, uh, uh, you know, every, every, every grade level where we were teaching a different level of, of that subject matter and converting schools to a zero-waste campus and source-separating the organics from the recyclables and the landfillable trash. And um, we've, we've had such success in terms of the numbers um, and the level of uh, um, knowledge base that these kids are getting that... Um, schools schools are just a great way to, to, to share this information. And when the kids get it, it kind of filters out um, into the family, and then the parents start to learn it. And um, it, it, it's not rocket science. It's just a matter of will and commitment from, you know, administ- administrators to take the lead and to adopt, you know, this new type of uh, waste management system um, that has an educational component to it. So we do provide a, a, the back-end support um, where we recover the organics and we make sure that it gets to the you know, composting facility, but we lend also upfront um, support on the education side where we're working with the students up close and personal. The teachers don't have time or, you know, to, to learn this material at this level of um, detail. And there's a management component um, because everything gets weighed um, by the students um, so that they can see for themselves what comprises uh, the waste stream, how, what percentage is organic, what percentage is recyclable and landfillable. And it's a, it's a very, very um, profound and, and effective uh, real-life learning experience for them um, that serves multiple um, purposes. 
And uh, if I could share with you some of the results um, that over the course of four years at one of the schools in Pasadena where we work at, um, they actually were so mindful after the first year um, having reached a a 79% waste diversion rate, meaning all recyclables and organics. Um, diverted from the landfill, that in their second year, they wanted to start focusing on um, teaching the kids uh, zero waste, not so much as diversion numbers um, that normally would go up, but they wanted to see their number, their, their solid waste generation go down. And since focusing on that, we went from 23% landfillable rate down to 13% on average for that year. And I can't tell you how the students really took ownership of it. They were so prideful in what they were able to accomplish in solving a real-world problem um, that that the school has continued to take um, this program very seriously and, and integrating it and becoming part of the curriculum. Um, the disturbing numbers just on a nationwide level, if I wanted to throw out there um, for people to really think about, is um, the thir- there is food waste you know, alone accounts for 35% of landfillable material that's just mindlessly being, you know, you know dumped. And yet it generates 1.2 million tons of greenhouse gases. And... That's the direct impact on air quality. But when we think about, you know, in tonnage, 36 million tons of food waste, and we're only recovering 3% of it to produce soil for our food production, there's a huge disparity there. And it's a health problem. It it really comes down to health. And we teach this stuff in in the classrooms. We make those connections for the kids so that they're not, they're, they're really being uh, mindful of um, when they become consumers, you know, as adults, you know, that they're going to be equipped with the right information about making the right consumer choices in their, uh, when they go shopping, you know, or when they plan for events. Now they're going to know, okay, um, we're putting on a fundraising event or we're putting on a party over here or at my office, you know, or wherever they're at. You know, they can be the catalyst for change because now they have all that information and inspire others. The alternatives exist. It's a matter of will and knowledge. And it's just people are not in the know yet. Um, and, And that's why it's so critical to get this information out through a number of different channels, whether it's the schools or the education hub or it's through social media, or it's through private enterprise, or it's through nonprofits and working collaboratively, or even with the municipal municipalities who are striving for zero waste. So we do have our hands in a lot of different things, but it really is coming down to education and what people know and inspiring them enough to to actually use that information and take um, the right kind of action. And everybody's a consumer, and they're... they they have to make that decision to put their money where their mouth is. You know, if they believe Mm -hmm. in this, you know, this is the right thing to do, then go ahead and support, you know, certain industries. You could pay to continue to pollute, you know, and just have all of your stuff picked up curbside and and let the haulers deal with it and let them dump it wherever it's cheapest to. But from my professional knowledge... (laughs) All right. That system is broken, and we're paying to pollute. And there's other ways to 
pay for your materials to be more sustainably managed that will actually improve the environment in the long term. We have to start thinking long-term implications. And if we want to feel good about, you know, what we're doing, then pay, pay, pay for the services that are doing good in the world. And it not just come down to what's cheapest. Because another analogy here is, you know, would you, would you feed your child McDonald's every day because it's cheap? Because bottom line, it costs less. And that's the mentality that our society is in. And yet, mm-hmm. should we use that same logic, you know, when it comes to um, choosing alternatives that are either better for the environment or not? And we all have a choice. So I would just, you know, really strongly encourage, you know, the, you know, your, your, your listeners, um, to, to dive into the subject matter a little bit more. We've got a ton of information on the website, you know, about this, um, and just start piecing things together and thinking, you know what, um, I'm going to pay that little extra money because I know that it's going to, it's going to be good for the environment. And I'm going to support, you know, this business because their, their, you know, their values are, are aligned and their mission is aligned with, with mine. And make a statement, you know, and, and, and uh, set a precedent for your friends and family to follow and start talking about it more seriously. But um, it's a long process. So we're just, we're, we're just trying to be the catalyst and um, I'm just trying to do my part, do my part with what, I, what I've got. <laughs> Okay, well, everybody, her website is www.wastelessliving, it's spelled just like it sounds, .com. And so you can go online, and there's a library of information on the website. Now, you, you advocate something you call green business principles. And what is that? Uh, so, I'm sorry, could you, could you ask the question again? What was the... Sure, you... You uh, provide green business consulting and advocate green business principles of how businesses can be more green, more environmentally conscious. Uh, so could you elaborate a little bit on that and, and for people who have businesses, what they can do to immediately become more you know, economic or uh, ecologically conscious? Yeah. Um, well, you know, just from a, a business uh, standpoint, um, you know, there's so much waste. Um, you know, just start starting to be to, to pay more attention to what what it is that we're using. So, if we're using, you know, lighting, you know, if we're uh, oh, it's kind of I only have a couple of minutes and I could go on forever, but. Um, right. I always bring it back to the waste. Everybody thinks about uh, energy consumption and you know, solar's big and all the you know high-end, higher-priced uh, um, amenities you know, that we could be doing to reduce our our uh, you know energy usage. But fewer people are looking at the solid waste piece. And so I would just encourage you do an audit, you know, in your own office. You don't need an outside consultant, um, but look in to start taking a look into your trash can and um, evaluating it just for yourself. Do a little, you know, waste characterization, um, and you will be surprised. Um, the the statistic is up to two thirds of what we're throwing away at home and at business is actually organic. It's plant based. 
and very little of it, maybe, you know, the 30% or something is, is landfillable or recyclable. And it, it becomes kind of the, the light bulb goes off to say, wow, and, and that's all contained in a, a, plastic, ba- a, a plastic bag that's not going to do anything with. So just mm-hmm. shifting the focus a little bit on, on the waste, on solid waste, um, and, and it may just inspire you to do more recycling, you know, using the, the piece of paper both sides, you know, um, getting creative with, um, uh, you know, slowing yourself down before that item gets tossed in the trash. You know, what could you use that for or reuse it for? And mm-hmm. it's amazing what people come up with. So just slowing down, slowing down before you throw away. <laughs> is, well, is maybe do you a, have a newsletter that people can sign up for? Um, yes, we do. And if you visited the website, um, there's, an, there's a link right on the homepage, you know, to subscribe. And that's okay. www.wastelessliving.com. Well, how do people who aren't in California take advantage of your services? Uh, oh, that's a good question. You know, we have a, <laughs> I'm, I'm always available for online consulting. So if there is, if there's a, a, a listener who's inspired to want to do what I'm doing, um, have them give me a call and I'd be more than happy to share, you know, the steps that I took, um, to, to, to launch, you know, this business. We, we hope to see little hubs of wasteless livings all over the country. <laughs> And, um, you know, holding the torch and, and creating a community around it. Um, we've got much bigger plans um, than just the wasteless living side. You know, we're, we're out to disrupt the whole system, but we know that we have to create uh, a community of supporters and like-minded individuals who are just as passionate and spiritual and driven, you know, to do the right thing. And so um, if, if I could be instrumental in that and... Uh, connect with others who want to do what I'm doing, by all means, you know, give me a call and um, we'll, we'll figure out, figure it out and, and, you know, hold your hand through it. <laughs> okay. Well, that's all the time we have today. And it's really not fair just to be able to talk for an hour about something as big, as important as um, recycling and, and waste less living and and doing what we can to make this world a healthier place. But, Christine, thank you so much for being on the show. If if anybody wants more information regarding what Christine is doing, please go to her website at www.wastelessliving.com, and that's W-A-S-T-E-L-E-S-S-L-I-V-I-N-G. And certainly her telephone number uh, you can call is 620-786-5947, and you can get some more information to have a positive impact on the planet. So I, thank I you so have, much. I do have one other thing I, I just forgot. We, we did start okay. an Indiegogo campaign, and on our website, on the right-hand side, if you are compelled to support us, um, please do click over um, onto that, and uh, we would really appreciate it. Excellent suggestion. Well, we are out of time now, so thank you, uh, thank you, Christine, and I encourage everybody to go to her website. But this is Get Real Radio. I'm your host, James Robinson, and our guest today was Christine Lynch's Hinkle, who is a very dedicated environmentalist. So we look forward to having you uh, with us next week. Thank you. 
you again for tuning in to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. Please join us again next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This week, open up your heart and look inside your spiritual self. We'll be right back. 